Johnny Giuliano. Do you really have to though? I don't. I don't. I don't know if you have to step necessarily. What if you're on the like the escalator to hell? Like that could be a thing. Hey, no, no, because they say when you go to heaven you heal. So if you was in a wheelchair on earth, you could just walk the steps now. But so so if you die and you, you wake up and you're still in that wheelchair, you pretty much know you're going to hell. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, man. I, 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 hey, next time I go to Bible study, I'm, I'm gonna ask this question, man. You get to heaven, and you die. You trying to stand up, but you still. Hey, man, my little cousin. I was in Sunday school, man. My little cousin was like six years old at the time, and this mm-hmm. man had said in church he thinks Satan black. Why? Why? And everybody reacted just like you, like he uh, black, and he was like, yeah, he in hell with all that fire. I know he got burnt sooner or later. <laughs> I was like the innocence of kids, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we have to list our black people. Like, no, you meant like burnt. <laughs> oh, let me intro, let me intro this show. Welcome, 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 welcome. This sound like that uh, Madden '64 crowd. It, it, what, that's clapping. <laughs> nah, bro, you gotta stop playing, man. It's like hundreds of people standing right in front of us clapping on on my command. See, I, I'll just fuck with ah. you, man. Let's, uh, all right, let's get it, man. My bad. <laughs> you good, man? All right, guys, welcome to the second episode, second episode of the Second Dollar Podcast. I am DJ, guys, and again on this course, this journey that you guys are going with me on, we bring on entrepreneurs. Uh, small business owners, entertainers, anybody in the space that I personally believe did it in a non-traditional way and specifically in a non-traditional way and they have a story. If you guys haven't noticed or haven't been able to recognize from the voice that has already been cutting some jokes since we didn't been here, I'm joined by my friend, my brother, friend of the show, my dog, Eric Coop, 39 cents. The ladies call him big. I'm stop playing. <laughs> it's jokes, guy. Hey, just just because I'm talking about business doesn't mean I'm not gonna joke around. But we're joined by the the illustrious, the legendary 39 cents man. Welcome, welcome to the show, brother. Yo, what's good with it for sure? I appreciate you having me, bro. Hey, uh, I, I just, just like- I literally just gave my pseudonym as DJ, and he gonna call me by my government. All right, guys, it's push short. It's me. <laughs> I have fooled you all, but I am back. You thought I died in Vidalia. I didn't. <laughs> hey, bro, you know I ain't like you when I met you, bro. I know. Yeah, I, I wanted to slap you, man. I, I was venting about you at home, bro. Hold on, bro. We ain't about to have an academics Vic Mensa moment. You got to get some context about I, what happened. I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna pull a Will Smith or nothing, you know okay, what I'm saying? But okay, okay. I met you at band camp, man, because, you know, I played the trumpet <laughs> with the band camp, and yeah. you was a bully, bro. No, I wasn't. No, I don't think nobody liked you when they first met you, bro. You, <laughs> hey, you got to grow into liking DJ. <laughs> I, I like DJ. I ain't like Prashad, man. Yeah, damn, bro. Hold on. So, so what, what did I do? What did I Because you, you ain't the first person to tell me this. So I need to know, what did I do specifically? Man, I just remember we were outside marching or something. And I forgot exactly what it was, man. That was about 20 years ago. But you made, a, you made some statement about me. I was like, bro, I don't know you, dog. Why are you playing with me like this? <laughs> and then what you did to uh, then what you did to old boy when you told the whole trumpet line. This man DJ went down the whole trumpet line <laughs> and told everybody do not play. He went uh, to this yeah. one specific dude and said play loud. <laughs> and he came in but, solo, <laughs> and you made the man cry, and he almost quit it, bro. And that's when I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, nobody likes Prashard. It was, bro, like, nah, I wasn't finna take that heat because our band, like, so for guys who you don't know, like, 39 Cents is one of the most amazing comedians, uh, Instagram entertainer, musicians, rappers, pretty much anything in the box of entertainment. Hell, I, he's probably gonna start a drama, drama series in the next year if you don't, yeah. if, you, if you're not paying attention. He does it all, bro, but we met in high school, well, when I was in high school, he was in middle school at the time, right? Yeah, he was like three years older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we met in the band. We were both we were both musicians. So we, we shared a bond over our shared love of like HBCU culture and music and shit like that. But uh, the story he's telling is, is it's true. It's true, man. But I did it for a reason, guys. I didn't just tell everybody not to play. 
our band director kept telling us, hey, somebody's uh, sounding loud and wrong, loud and wrong. And she kept cutting us off. It was like time number six or seven. Yeah, for real. We were working on this song for like three hours, bro. Yeah, and then it was the, the one guy who was super garbage on his horn. So I was like, everybody, don't play. Him, you, play loud. Yeah, we're all going to come in together. One band, one sound. He came in loud and wrong. I was like, see, look, Miss Lewis. It was him. <laughs> bro, you jumped up and pointed at this man. And he was like one foot away from you. You almost poked him in the eye with your finger, bro. Hey, I mean, it wasn't my fault, man. It wasn't my fault. So, oh, man, welcome to the show, bro. Yeah, man, I'm glad to have you, man. Glad to have me. Glad to, I'm glad that you're here because you finna, you finna take over the show and play me the whole way through, bro. Yeah, I say I'm glad to have you like it's my show, bro. I know. I mean, I'm tripping. You feeling comfortable, though? Hey, hey, look, as long as you feel comfortable, that's all that really matters, G. That's all that matters. Fact. So, I personally know you. I followed your career since inception and shit, bro, because, I mean, I always knew you was one of the funnier guys that I went to school with, even though I worked out some of my material on you when we first, first started in our humorous lives, but... Give the people who don't know Eric, the ones that don't know Coop as I know you, because, I mean, 39 Cents is new to me. So give them a little bit of your backstory. Talk to them about some of your accolades, man, just so, for the people who don't know. Yeah, man. Um, When it comes to, like, comedy and stuff, you know, uh, growing up where we grew up in, everybody's a clown. You know what I'm saying? Every fucking body. Everybody. But, you know, you got to find a way to monetize that to be a clown in a formal setting. And yeah. not just be an idiot on the porch, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no one wants to be funny and poor. Yeah, for real. Um, that's the current situation, but uh, 2020, <laughs> 2023, man, we're going to change that. <laughs> we're going to change it. We're getting the bag, man. We're getting the bag. But, um, man, I was making skits, like, way before YouTube was even popping, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, shout out to The Real Spark, man. You know, that's my uh, first cousin, and we've been on the same wave since we were kids. So, even back in, like, 2005, I used to have, like, this little camera from Walmart. Mm-hmm. You used to put the little mini DVD discs in it, and oh, used yeah. to record like, we used to shoot skits way back then, bro. But um, that we was just doing it because we just loved what we was doing. We was enjoying ourselves, you know. Right. Uh, the same way niggas go to the basketball court and hoop was the same way we made videos. Okay. But we didn't have no platform to put it on. We enjoyed it. So we already knew how to edit. We already had the visualization of making funny content. But when Instagram came out with the video feature, mm-hmm. like in 2014, I want to say, like the right. summer of 14, I think. And uh, I was like, oh, well, we already do this. Let's do it with a purpose now. Uh So when we started doing stuff with a purpose, I kind of fell back from working with people who were just doing it for fun still. I was like, no, I'm doing it for a bigger picture, and I'm setting myself up for today. Okay. So once Instagram came out with the feature to make videos, I was like, man, we was editing on Video Movie Maker and Adobe Premiere and this or that. I was like, oh, this is the easy route right here. We just edit from a cell phone. and. Just record a quick video. I'm like, this is easy. And it's instantly uploaded to millions upon millions of people. So exactly. So I really just hit a lick. And it's kind of crazy, man, because it's a difference from being I don't for lack of words. It's a difference from being a comedian ass nigga Mm -hmm. versus a nigga that's a comedian. What's all? What's the difference? It's kind of like what like a lot of other people who are comedians and stuff always talk about how passionate they are and you know what i'm saying how mm-hmm. how they love what they do they'll do it for free because they just love what they're doing and a lot of comedians uh will come to tell you like i'm dealing with depression and i'm dealing with this and anxiety or this or that right so right. a lot of people use comedy as a way to cope with heal life. their wounds and yeah, yeah cope with life me on the other hand i'm straight i don't have no <laughs> I don't have none of that. I do not relate, bro. So you 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 were able to find the business side of comedy like really early then, right? I, I'm like a business person who's hitting a lick with my gift. Okay, I you mean, know what I'm saying that's how it should be, though. I mean, I feel like people who specifically people who engage in the arts, like a lot of times, people think they need to be broken. They need to do everything to suffer to be an artist. No, you need to monetize what you do because when you die, somebody will find a way to make money off of what you did. Either they're going to sell the product that you made or they're going to repackage what you did and do it themselves. Yeah, for real, bro. So, yeah, man, because, uh, you know, like with the with being a comedian and stuff, like I say, a lot of people be like, man, I'm passionate about this. I was like, mm-hmm. man, it's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it, but I use my gift. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, even when we were kids, uh, growing up in Vidalia, we used to take them psychology tests 
to uh and the results tell you the type of field of work you may thrive in. Mm-hmm. Always, the ASVAB. The ASVAB. I remember yeah, that shit. Yeah. I always fell under uh performance arts. Okay. At which playing the trumpet on stage and being in the band was performance arts. Yeah. But stand-up comedy and being a comedian, it's like the same type of field of art, but it's just a different lane on some stuff. Yeah. So like uh being able to be creative and stuff is more so my gift over passion. Okay. But a lot of other people use passion over gift. So uh I just recorded four songs in two days, like I just showed you. Uh mm-hmm. it's easy. You know what I'm saying? Cause yep. I think God put me here to be creative to do this and to do that. But the day it's not working no more, I'm gonna go to, to the drawing board and figure out what's working for me. 100 percent bro. You know what I'm be- saying? The ability to pivot is important, especially in the entertainment space. I mean, we had a conversation off mic about being able to be in multiple lanes and find multiple streams of income, and that's important. But I want to kind of take things back even further, though, right? So I feel like as an entrepreneur, because I I have a couple business ventures that I'm involved with myself. Like I was explaining in the uh, explanation video, the intro video, I'm going to walk my audience through like the small business ventures. I mean, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that shit. Like how much money I made, how much money I lost. I'm going to go through all of that. But for me to get to that specific space, that had to be something that happened in my life. And my life was a layoff. But I learned from like a lot of other jobs and a whole bunch of other shit that kind of got me to that space. So I want to know, what was your first job that made you say, this, this, this nine to five corporate stuff is not for me. It, it, I just can't do it. Man, the job that made me say, I'm finna go stupid hard with comedy, rap, or whatever I do. Uh, I have to say I was working at Union Tank in Alexandria. What, what it is that? A, it's a plant. They made like uh like railroad cars. The f- like train train tanks. Okay. <laughs> like you you see them? Yeah. You just don't know you you just don't know you looking at it because I only know because I work for them. Right. So we I used to be in the tank with the uh with the hard hat on with the with the visor over my eyes. I, I was a grinder. Okay. And that was a very difficult job. It's very tiresome. And I quit it with no two weeks notice. Oh, yeah. That sounds about right. I was right like, now. yeah, y'all going to notice I ain't been here in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, so, man, well, Eric, I ain't seen him in two weeks. God damn. He's not coming back. Nah. Did you keep the, uh, did you keep the shit? Yeah, it's in a video. You, it's a video I did. It's, <laughs> hey, no lie, man. No lie. It's a, it's a video on Instagram that, that went viral. Like in 2016, because that's when I was working there. And uh, it was the video when the two dudes were fighting and his pants was down and his, and his butt crack was out. And he was laughing. God's just looking. Uh-huh. And then I said, uh, I said, you got to stay still so I can see this crack I had on the hard head that I got. Stupid, bro. So what did you learn from that job? Like that you still like use to this day? I ain't talking about like the, the grinding skills and shit. I'm not telling you to be like pretty Ricky or nothing like that. But what did you, what did you learn from that? Man, I just learned to follow your dreams, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like being on that job and going through it, like sweat was in my eyes. I couldn't see. It's dark, so the only thing it's dark in the tank. So the only thing mm-hmm. I had was the light on my on my hard hat. So what I learned was, man, just follow your dreams, chase your goals, bro, because we all gonna die one day. And Facts. I'm not trying to die with sweat in my eyes inside a tank. Mm-hmm. Going through it, struggling, you know. So it kind of it kind of woke me up to be like, man, I really have this gift that I need to really put in the works, man. So the like the 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 will to want to do better for myself independently is what I learned from uh, the job. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that shit pushes and ushers in a lot of directions, especially when we talk about like, dog, you gonna die one day. Like I was I was working a job after the pandemic. I just took something when I got laid off because I was like, I need to work and this job pays well. But I also realized I hated every second of it. So I had to leave because you gonna die. Right. Mer- gonna die. In my opinion, man, the reason why I'm so strong on being an entrepreneur, man, is is money depreciates, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Hold cool. On, say that again. Money depreciates. Okay. Explain. If a if a drink or a bag of chips used to be 50 cents and now the chips are a dollar twenty-five. Your dollar depreciated. Yep. But if you work uh, a corporate job, you you comfortable. You know what I'm saying? But uh-huh. when you get that retirement, when you get older, they're going to give you back the money that you paid in today. Yep. They're going to give you your 2023 money back to you in 2052. 70, you're 75 cents on that dollar. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you paid it when a dollar was a dollar, but they give it back when your dollar is worth a quarter now. So mm-hmm. that's when fixed income, you start struggling and all this. So 
when people talk about pyramid schemes, man, according to me, a job is a pyramid scheme. Okay. You got the top person, you got the person below them, and then you got mm. the workers at the bottom. And the workers at the bottom are the ones making the people up top rich. Right. And they're getting, they're getting their retirement today. Right. As to, uh, like, the ones at the bottom, they still in their rent race. Exactly, man. So when people be like, oh, nah, that, that's a scheme. I don't want to do that. I'm like, bro, you already in a scheme, bro. Yep. So with that being said, man, it, it logically makes sense to want to be an entrepreneur, especially, you know, like, I got older parents, man. They had me last, you know what I'm saying? So generational wealth in the black family that's typical from where we from don't exist. Nah, that's facts. So it starts with us 90s babies, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I just don't want to be regular. Nah, I feel you. No offense to regular. Regular is amazing. My parents fed me being, no, 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 let me take that back because they're older. It was an American dream for an African-American to have a car, a house, and have Mm -hmm. clothes and a family. That was the American dream in the West. 70s, 80s, 90s. Hell yeah. It's time to up the bar, man. So when I see niggas flexing this and flexing that car, I'd be like, bro, you That's a bare necessity. You got a job, bro. Right. <laughs> right. It's a bare necessity. We could have I could have, bro, uh, me not working my nine to five for the past six years is equivalent to me sacrificing four hundred thousand dollars to do what I want to do. Cause I could have had that work over that period of time. Right. Though. So really, I sacrifice over a quarter million dollars to make a quarter million dollars how I want to in the future. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the biggest part of the second dollar, man, because you could have took that first dollar. You could have joined the rat race. You could have stayed in there. And we're not here to bash corporate America or corporate America jobs because there's some people doing really well in your specific fields or arenas, or they might have some people that are fulfilling their purpose. But that second dollar, that doing it for yourself, there's a different amount of joy that comes from that, right? Yeah, facts. And uh, like you say, man, we definitely ain't uh, talking down on nobody. Like, right? we all make the world go round, bro. 100%. We all make the world go round. Yeah, I need you. You need a good laugh sometimes. You need music. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get married, you're going to hire a musician, right? Yep. So, I mean, we all got a purpose, man. No, but- no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. The DJ came with the venue. He's a white man that played a lot of Louisiana rap music. <laughs> it was a good thing. It was a good thing. Hey, Mr. Steve, can you play You Better Not Fighting This Bitch? Who is that by? <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me take niggas in Paris off the Serato. <laughs> Bro, I be going to open mics, man. They be having them DJs. They just play anything. Mm-hmm. I, I remember one time a DJ brought me up to some type of music, bro. I never heard in my life. And I just went on stage and I said, I said, hey, DJ, you know I'm black, right? And everybody just was knee slapping, laughing. I was like, nigga, what the hell is this? Man, you came on the stage to what, achy, breaky heart? Could have been. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know, dog. It was, it was something. I don't know what it was. All I said was, it, bro, the music, the music for a nigga that looked like me to mm-hmm. walk up to was the elephant in the room. And I just looked at the nigga and said, you know I'm black, right? <laughs> I can see it now. He walk into the stage. Make him away, <laughs> Oh, uh, you hired this man on Craigslist. Like, oh, damn, that still exists. Man, I don't even know. I think that's what like the the future Jeffrey Dahmers of the world on like Craigslist and shit. Looking I bought some roommates. I bought some rims on Craigslist, man, and uh, I didn't check it, evaluate it, nothing. I was young. I just took them in. <laughs> it was a white dude that sold it to me, so it came out great. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't nothing wrong with it. They weren't scuffed up. I, th- I think they were stolen, bro. Possibly. We'll get into that story later. (laughs) So, bro, I know when it comes to the entrepreneurial side of things, right, everybody looks at you and they get to see, like, the celebrity photos. They get to see you dropping, like, uh, product, like, uh, your your music. They get to see you dropping, like, the air fresheners that you were able to drop. I think it was last year, the year before last. Like, they're seeing you have all of the success and all of these people supporting you. But one thing that I like to discuss, especially when people ask me about, like, my personal business, business and things like that it's like my biggest failures right so out of all the success you had i want to hear about what was your biggest failure what was the biggest l you've ever taken in business for yourself man the biggest l i ever taken was i i had got a drop on the new air freshener product right right and i spent twenty three hundred dollars on that product right and um, I just knew it was going to sell. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just knew it was going to go. No doubt in my mind. That's why I dropped the 2300 Right. But uh, when I did, so it was moving kind of slow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still look at the product to this day. <laughs> 
Do you got boxes at the crib? It's still I, I do. I okay. got boxes in the crib, but I just want to say that I'm not dis. It, it's not an L to me, man, because mm-hmm. I'm not discouraged about anything that I do. Because before you do something, you got it on your mind that man, this is gonna work. Right. Like I got the confidence. Like I know this is gonna work. It's like going on stage with a new joke I wrote. Like I know this bitch gonna work. Mm-hmm. And then you go up there and hear crickets. I'd be like, well, now I know it don't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> but until I found out it did not work, you could not tell me not to do it. Right. So now I know. But it was just a twenty three. I look at it like a twenty three hundred dollar course. Oh yeah. What was the lesson learned? Oh, I learned not to do this. How much did you pay to learn not to do this? Twenty three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> So, so it ain't I'm, no L, it ain't no W's without the L's, bro. I can tell you that right now. For real though, because you can't look at an L as a loss in business for yourself. You got to look at it as a lesson. And a, a lot of people get discouraged by that. Like, I can't tell you how many people I started doing Turo with that quit after a couple weeks because they was like, ain't nobody booking cars with me. Ain't nobody booking cars with me. And then if they would have waited two more weeks, they would have got like booked out for the entire month. But they're looking at that car note money. Then it's like, oh, I'm not making that money back. I'm not making it back. You got to have patience and you also got to have some confidence. Yeah, facts, bro. So thinking back on this situation, the $2,300, you wouldn't say that was probably like the biggest mistake then. You think it was a lesson. It, it's all lessons, right. but it was like the harshest lesson. Okay. But when I say harsh, I'm not saying I was discouraged. I'm just saying, out of all the stuff that I went through, $2,300 is rent for four months, depending yeah. on where you stay. Yeah. So every time, bro, you ever been broke and you was looking in a vending machine like, damn, I, I wish I had a dollar to get these chips or a drink. Mm-hmm. And you thought about a nigga that owed you a dollar Yeah. from 2008. Oh, yeah. He'd be like, damn, if you would have gave me my dollar, I would have had these chips. For, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you get what I'm saying, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So 2,300 times that is like, wow, I just, that's a lot of money. To me, bro, like a lot of people got racks up to the ill. Yeah, we getting it. We grinding, bro. I, I, I value money. Yeah. And they, I know they're how going I, to jail. So, like, <laughs> just, eventually, the IRS, the, gov- uh, the government, the, somebody's going to shoot them in the face. They're going to jail. Bro, like, I'm very humbled, man. Like, $100 is a lot to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't waste money, bro. Like, you, man, you know, I, I, um, you see me on the ground making videos on being a YouTuber, this or that. You probably said to yourself sometimes, like, this dude always wear this hoodie or this snapback. Because I don't give a damn about clothes, bro. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that is what I was trying to say earlier, how I'm a comedian, but I'm not a comedian-ass nigga. Right. I make music and I and I can rap, but I'm not a rapping ass nigga. I, you ain't gonna catch me in the clubs and in the strip club, man. We doing this podcast right now. I ain't got not one chain on. Hmm, you don't all. have a chain on at all. You know you what I'm saying? You can't wear your wealth, man. Right. You can't wear your wealth. It's so not, it's not gonna work. So when I say I'm not a rapping a rapper ass nigga, or comedian ass nigga, I mean that like in energy and vibe. Mm-hmm. All basketball players act, walk, talk, and eat the same stuff. Yeah. Football players all act the same. If you went to college and you saw baseball players, they all act the same. Skateboarders, yeah. they all act the same. Uh, Louisiana niggas all act the same. Everybody's a part of a clique that is like a, it's as if people studied, oh, this is how you're supposed to behave and act mm-hmm. if you want to be one of these. Yeah. I always been 39 and Eric, who does what I want to do in a, in a me type of way where I'm not included with y'all, but I'm with y'all. Right. I'm adjacent. Right. Yeah. So for the people who want to do it, man, because again, like I started this podcast because I wanted people with non-traditional stories to be able to say how they got to that space. What advice would you give to someone who wants to step, not just to the the comedic space, right? Because I mean, that's like 50 different comedic lanes that you're already in, but just somebody who wants to get started in entertainment and they don't want to make mistakes. Now they got to make the mistakes. They got to go through the growing pains, but what type of advice, if you had to give them like three pieces of advice, what would you tell them to do to like get them off the ground fast? Well, before I say the three things, I just want to uh, say this real quick. And I want to say, uh, use your gift, man. Okay. Your gift is what you are good at without much effort. Mm-hmm. Because that is, you you can't be taught that, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Them guys in the NBA and in, in, in the NFL were born athletic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, let's take it back to Vidalia, man. Like, you you know Chip, huh? 
Yeah, my cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Chip, man. That's my boy right there. Solid dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shout out, cousin. Yep. Let's use Chip for an example. Right. This nigga had the best handles in the world. Mm -hmm. Like Kyrie Irving before we knew who Kyrie Irving was. Exactly. This man has the best handles in the world, and this nigga never practiced. At all. So if Chip was to get a, a basketball trainer mm-hmm. when we were kids, right. he would have went to the NBA. I give you that. Yeah. He he is Kyrie Irving, but the only reason why the world don't know it is because Kyrie Irving has formal training in basketball. Yeah. With the Duke. Right. <laughs> so if you use your gift and you put that formal training over it, you are undeniable. 100%. But if you don't use your gift and you work hard, you could make a buzz, but you ain't going to go to Duke. Nah. No offense, I'm just saying. Nah, you, people, a lot of people like to find what they're good at and say, I need to do what everybody else is doing. Well, that's not your lane, though. You need, like you said, you need to stay in that space of what you're gifted in. If it's cooking, cook. If it's fucking basketball, be, be great at that. If you got a great business mind, focus on the business side of things. Yep, man, I don't care if you cut trees good. Mm-hmm. Nigga, if you gifted at cutting trees, you can make $50 million a year having a company cutting trees, bro. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, follow your gift. And being a comedian and being a rapper and going to the NBA is not for everybody, bro. Nope. But if you work hard, you can still do okay. But if you use your gift and work hard, if you use your gift and work somewhat hard, mm-hmm. you will be equivalent to a nigga that don't have a gift that worked their butt off. Yeah, so instead of going to the NBA, you can go play in, like, China. Yeah. Yeah. So so a lot of times, man, people be like, man, you got to grind. You got to hustle. But John Doe's hustle and grind, he could hustle and grind harder than us. Mm-hmm. But we get ahead because it's for us. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So let's get that out of the way. Now that we broke that down, uh, what did you say? Uh, you want me to give three uh, key pointers? Yeah, three key points on, like, some advice that you would give somebody so they won't make as many mistakes as you made getting to the spot that you got to. Okay. Uh, I'll say advice number one is to study the game that you're in. Okay. And if you study the game, um, like, for example, being a comedian, like I told you uh, earlier, there are no scouts for a comedian. Mm-mm. If you work hard at your job, you get promoted. If you go and play basketball and you dunk on three people, the scout's going to come check you out. Yep. Uh, if you got a hit song, record label's going to come check you out. With comedy, you, we, could, we could go viral 50 million times and it ain't going to be as potent as somebody going viral with a different lane. That's so correct. study your lane and know uh, this is the right path to do with the, with the correct success rate that you're looking for. Right, so don't shoot your full load. So if you got, hey, hey, yo. So, um, so if you got like, like five amazing videos that you've created, don't put them all out in the same day. Kind of like find a spacing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you want to stretch your product, especially in this world, man. Because you remember uh, back in the day, something be hot, it be hot all year. Oh yeah. Now if something be hot, we wear it out in about two months, two three months. I feel like social media has caused the attention span. And that's, and that's something that specifically affects your brand is the fact that the attention span of the people is so short. Hey, bro, uh, being honest with you, man, I really never believed in attention span. Really? I never believed in that um, because we still watch the NFL games. <laughs> yeah. We still watch a Denzel Washington movie. Yeah. Everybody's still bragging about, oh, snap, man, Snowfall is the greatest show ever, man. Them- Snowfall is an hour uh, episode with 13 episode seasons. Yeah. I don't believe in attention span. I believe in you are going to watch what you are entertained by. And yeah. it don't matter if it's four hours long or two seconds long. So if you use an attention span to say, man, people attention span short, I'd be like, bro, do they like you? That's true, too. That is, I, I, give, I can see that, point. If, the world, see that point. if the world has an attention span problem, what we doing this podcast for? Damn. People going to look at it because they mess with DJ. I mess with 39. Okay, I got a short attention span. I turned that bull crap off in 10 seconds. Okay, you're not for us. Mm -hmm. Bye. (laughs) Nah, that's real. That's real. You know. I'm going to give you a little pushback on that, though. So when you're trying to crack a new audience, though, I believe something has to be shorter but also catchy, too, though. 
So think about it, right? Like reels. People watch reels way more than they watch like long form videos. Cause you can watch longer videos on Instagram and shit, but people want that quick bite size shit so they can get engaged with something they've never seen before. So I think when it comes to attention span, it's more or less about like the newer audience, the ones that's not necessarily engaged with you or who someone hasn't put on to you, but it's like that, that quick thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to me, in my opinion, I just feel like when you make your videos to gain new fans like that, mm-hmm. just get to the good quickie, quicker. Mm-hmm. Just get to the good quicker. You know what I'm saying? If I know people have, okay, if a stranger come across my video and don't know who I am, they're going to be more liable to exit off before somebody who came for me. Right. So get to the good part in the first five seconds so they can be like, oh, I'm intrigued now. Mm-hmm. Now I'm invested for the next two minutes. Or whatnot, if you get to the good part from the get-go. I saw um Wayno. Wayno's like big in the music industry. I follow him on Twitter. It's hilarious. He talked about uh something with new artists, and I found it like hilarious. He was like, Hey, new rappers, like stop letting the beat build in the front of your song. Like, please stop doing that. Bro, shit. I hate that, bro. Cause like no one knows you, and the beat is not interesting enough for people to stay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what the f- what is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, start rapping. <laughs> bro, man, Wiz Khalifa, one of my favorite rappers in my top five, right? Mm-hmm. But when he dropped that, uh, I forgot the name of the song, but you know that song, you can't take it when you gone. Gone, gone. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's about it's about money. Uh what I'm that? gonna spend it all all while I wait for another date. Man, that song took about okay. three minutes to come on, bro. Okay. And I mess with him, man. I still <laughs> skip the intro to this day, dog. But um, but back to the key points, man. Uh, uh we got what what one more? I think two more. Okay. But the thing is, bro, uh a lot of people make advice very sacred. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very... They want to gatekeep the information. Right. And I'm looking at it like, bro, this is the information age. You have a a computer in your pocket, man. Yep. You could Google and YouTube and search whatever you want to search. The libraries are free. You can go on Books a Million right now and go in the section that you're interested in and read and learn whatever you want to read, but people don't like reading, bro. So asking for advice nowadays is so cliche to me. That is no secrets. If you want to play football, you're going to get blindsided, bro. Mm-hmm. If you want to play football, you're going to have to hit the weights. You're going to have to have aching muscles. You're going to get blindsided. You're going to get your helmet knocked off. You're going to be dog tired. You're going to be out there in 100-degree weather thinking you're going to pass out. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Do you want to endure that or do you not? It's not a secret, man. Nah, that's facts. Hey, Prashard, man, how you went to the NFL? Uh, I got blindsided yeah. <laughs> about 50 times. And, yeah. and uh, I got really fast, too. So I lift weights. Yeah. Hey, you want to come to weights? No. You don't want to go to the NFL. Right. It ain't no what secret, man. So uh-huh. all advice is cliche nowadays. Like, So the only thing I can say is follow your gift. And if you follow your gift, you're going to naturally drop good products because it's your right. gift. And stay consistent and pray. Okay. Okay. And the reason why I say pray is because there are no answers and no secrets. When I say pray, that means the whole world is doing what you're doing. You just gotta pray that you are the chosen one to, to get that shine. Yeah, like it's it's rappers out here like Eminem, Lil Wayne, Jay Z, Ludacris that are really talented, right? Right. There's also rappers out here who go on a track and don't even speak English and say some crazy stuff. That person sold more records than some upcoming people who are like Eminem and Lil and Wayne and Jay-Z. it's super unlikely that they should have did that shit. Right. It's like crazy. So it's like, we chose you. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it's kind of like, hey man, what's, what, uh, any advice for you to give us? He, she gonna act like they got the answers, bro. How did we choose designer though? Like, why did he get, how did he get it? <laughs> I'm playing, I love designer. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, you be thinking sometimes, like, why, why, did, why God chose him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy, you stupid, man. But yeah, bro, um, a lot of times people give advice that don't know the answers. Hey, 39, how you blew up on YouTube? Man, I made a video in 2015, and five years later, it randomly went viral. Mm-hmm. Now I'm finna act like I got all the answers. Hey, man, you got to do this. You got to do that, man. You got to do this, this. Bro, I didn't do a damn thing. All I did was use my gift. Mm-hmm. And I put the product out there and the world found it. So. I mean, selling advice is almost a business now, especially if like you have one big moment. Like I feel like TED Talks are a scam. Well, yeah, you're right, bro. So uh yeah, go on. you you can go back and edit this podcast and mark out 
Yeah, go back and mark the fuck out of me saying I don't know what I did. All I did was drop a video and went viral. So, hey guys, uh, this thirty nine cents. Subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, today. I will teach you how to engage with your fans to yes. help your YouTube grow and gr- get viral. We're gonna teach you how to go viral. If it doesn't work, we're gonna give you none of your money back. None of it's coming back. But we're gonna give you the deluxe version of the video so you can find out how we really do it. Right. Like I saw. I ain't gonna lie, I fell for that scam one time. Like, this guy was like, pay for a seminar on how to blow your podcast up. I paid the $10. It's like, you're gonna get a thousand downloads every video. <laughs> I didn't get a fraction of that guy. A fraction. Hey. Then, then he hit my email up talking about some, hey, I, I know you didn't hit the numbers, but I got an advanced course. <laughs> Hey, bro. hey, bro! In the words of Wish, my DJ, my you gonna be beat straight up, DJ. You gonna be beat. I would have paid Webby to tell me that versus listening to the homies course again, man. Because <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I feel I feel bamboozled, but we gonna get that. Though. We gonna we just not gonna get that his way, bro. For sure. So I got another question for you, bro. Like you kind of alluded to it earlier, but. I mean, there still has to be some type of like a love for you to continuously do something. Because I am gonna, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm a quitter. If I lose interest in something, it's it's out the door. Facts. It is out the door. So right now, with the success that you're having, with the stuff that looks obviously fun, right? Who wouldn't want to do what you do? I mean, it becomes work at some point in time, but it still looks pretty fun. So, like, do you love what you actually do now, or is it still like money is the ultimate driver for what you do? Uh, when I started off, I did it out of straight love, uh-huh. not knowing that you could ever make money. Right. I'm, man, I'm from a small... We we both from Vidalia, man. It's 100%. a small town with three red lights. Mm-hmm. We 5, never thousand people. Right. We never said, including, including pets. Yep. <laughs> so we never just said, man, I want to be on TV, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, you just got to... You just got to have the faith and just, like I said, you just got to pray and hope you're the chosen one, bro. Yeah. Man, you know what's crazy about being from Vidalia, bro? Like, I never tell people I'm from Vidalia. I love, I mean, I love where I grew up and stuff like that. But, like, I never realized this until, like, afterwards. Everybody from my hometown is funny. But if you're black and funny from Vidalia, it was like a defense mechanism. Like, we didn't, nobody was ever funny just for, like, I'm funny for the sake of being funny. Like, we had to be funny, or you wouldn't have made it in school. Bro, in Vidalia, man, you get seasoned very well to have comebacks for people. Yes. Because uh, back when we was going to school, man, niggas would be on your butt from the bus stop to 3.30. Bro, imagine if you could say what we said back then and social media would have existed. Dog, people will be fighting for their lives like 24 7 Bro, even with the even with the Concordia Classic, we would have had homicides. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> it would have man, we had social media and everything bro. like we do now, it would have been homicides, bro. I mean, there's there's only a select area of people who would be straight. I think we would be good because me and you both have family in Faraday. We both got family of the day. We would yeah. uh, now other folks man, they had some problems, but Yeah, for real. But yeah, we'd be straight, man. So I I gotta ask, man, because Everybody's motivated by something. Everybody's inspired by something. What was what was the person that either you saw do this and was like, if they can do it, I can do it. Not no bad way, but like, what was that? What was the one thing that said like, I I can step out and do this because I'm inspired by this person. Like, do you have an inspiration that made you say that you can do this? Whether it be somebody telling you you can do it or just somebody's story that you saw. Uh, I had to say a person that influenced me to be like, I could do it too. Uh, I'll probably say Steve Harvey. Really? But the thing is, I wasn't looking at Steve Harvey in that light when I was younger starting off. Mm-hmm. It took me to halfway get to where I'm at right now. And then I found out about the Steve Harvey story. And that kind of helped me push even further. What, what about his story specifically? Uh, it's just his, his, like when he tell his stories, you know, it's heartfelt and it's soulful, man. Mm-hmm. Because every time he tell his stories, he dang near be about to cry. Yeah, It's kind of like. Hey y'all, you want to see Steve Harvey cry? Ask him about his story, <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to tell you because he's heartfelt. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, man. So when I hear the story about how he was sleeping in the car and this or that and going through his hardships, it kind of reminded me of myself because you know, like I ain't going to say I slept on in my car and nothing like that because mm-hmm. there's levels to it. Right? I'm I'm too. I, I'm not saying I don't take risks because I take hella risks. But I never took the risk of just saying, I'm comfortable sleeping on this park bench. 
Mm-mm. It'll never get that real for me at all. It's real, but not that real. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I ain't that prideful. But seeing that he did all that, and I looked up his age, and I saw where he really ain't blow to. He was about in his thirties, like 30, 31, 32, somewhere up in there. Yeah, he's probably probably mid thirties, probably mid thirties, uh, early forties. That's typically the age of most American entrepreneurs when they finally get it too. Yeah, they say 40. it take about ten years. Yep. So you if can. you start at twenty, I mean, you're gonna start popping when you're thirty, when you're mm-hmm. independent, and then so, when you're rich, you're forty. Right. So seeing seeing his story and seeing his age, I'm like, oh, I'm still in the game. You know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. fact that he blew in his mid-30s or somewhere up in there, I'm like, I can do it too, you know? So everything that I've been through from the beginning all the way to now has molded me and shaped me to do what I'm about to do now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might take an L over there to get a W in a different lane sometimes. Right. So I've always been an entrepreneur to the point where I don't have to just make money being funny or with music or anything. I'm looking to invest in other things that don't have nothing to do with comedy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's one thing I can say is big advice that I would uh, prescribe to anybody that's looking to start business in whatever area that they want to start in. The money that you make, don't put it in a checking account. Don't put it in a savings account. Find a way to make your money work for you. I'm going to say something that's super simplistic. I know you probably already do it. I know other people that do it. Any dollar that you get, if you don't have an investment bank or I don't have a fucking investment bank, I'm not rich and no crazy shit like that, but I don't put my money in a savings account. I instantly move any type of extra revenue that I generate from side hustles to Acorn because I know they're going to invest the money for me. I can see some returns. I can see the potential on it, like down the line. Acorn, you should sponsor me, goddammit. But um, I do that because I want to see the money grow and I want to see my money work for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a mistake a lot of people make. They'll get this money and they'll spend it on themselves, buy some shit, reinvest in yourself, but do it in a smart way. Find a, um, I can't remember the name of the account, guys. I'll put it in the description, but find a way to make your money work for you. So I got... And also, uh, before you go in business, find a necessity for the world. Yes. You know, uh, if it's five Chinese spots on the same street, don't go open a Chinese spot, bro. Yeah, make a Korean barbecue spot. But I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Do something different, man. Stop making these fucking... You know I'm about to say God. Fuck, I'm going to say it. Stop making these fucking t-shirt companies, guys. Please. There are too many t-shirts. Too many t-shirt companies. Like, can you stop? Please. Yeah, but you know, like Unless I say, it's fire. Facts, facts. And like I say, man, if it's if God got it for you, that's when mm-hmm. the praying comes into Yes. If you if you if everybody got a clothing line and you want to be the chosen one, there is nothing you could do to make that happen. Mm-hmm. That's why I said when people give advice, it's so cliche because they act like they got the answers and they don't. Mm-hmm. Man, somebody just discovered you and shouted you out and believed in you. You didn't do nothing. But but you, you follow your gift. You well, your gift. Well, you could be prepared so that when God calls your name, you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If if God tell me right now, if God sent an email to my phone right now and say, "Hey, we want you in New York City to perform on a late night show. We need five minutes clean stand up." I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready a year ago. Yep. I wasn't ready five years ago, but I'm ready now. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be prepared and stay prayed up. Because really, it's a like my cousin with Mac and Mill say, man, shout out to all money is legal to Mac and Mill. We always talk and say this game is a slot machine. Yep. Pull the lever. That's all you can do. You, you might have to pull that bitch 2,436 times. But when it line up, it's your time. Yeah. You know I what feel, I'm saying? Hell yeah. Because I mean, all it takes is one time. Right. <laughs> it only takes one time to go platinum. Pull the lever, man. Yeah. I, I got two more questions for you, bro. Two more. You're on a four-hour car ride. For some reason, you're not taking a plane. Don't know why, but you're just not taking a plane. So, what are you listening to on this uh, four-hour car ride? You only can get one artist. One artist. One artist for this four-hour car ride. Larry June. Okay. Okay. I rock with Larry June. Larry June makes music about everything we're talking about right now. 100%. So, I, I don't like to listen to bull crap a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. entertainment. It's entertainment. For example, I love Lil Wayne. Hell, even my music, man. I drop bars for, to entertain the world, entertain my fans. Because, you know, but at the same time, I like listening to stuff that, it's, it's like a balance. I like to listen to 50% entertainment. I like to listen to 50% game. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if I got to choose entertainment or growth, I'm going to listen to something that's going to get my mind right to want to grow. You know and what I'm saying? be entertained, too. Larry June is nice, man. Yeah, and I, I like listen to a lot Larry of pop. June. And I listen to a lot of pop music, too, bro. Who's your favorite pop artist? Favorite pop artist? Mm-hmm. Don't, say, don't tell me you're a Swifty. Mm-mm. I, I, I'll say Sam Smith. Okay. Sam man. Smith, Charlie Poot. Uh, okay. You know, Justin Bieber coop. Dude, you know y'all, uh, y'all niggas almost made me miss out on Justin Bieber. Who is y'all niggas? I, Nigga. I, I, don't, I don't listen to Justin, but I back, ain't gonna knock on him. I ain't got no knock on him. Back in, when he was young, you know, back in 2013 or whatnot, right? Oh, yeah, you talking Everybody about was like... The baby. Yeah, it's nothing but Justin Bieber jokes. I even, oh, yeah. I even fell into the, uh, the trend of laughing at this dude, and I don't know him. And I mm-hmm. listened to his music, and I was like, bruh, he's a pop star. Mm-hmm. He, he sounds like... How pop stars should sound. Right. And I was like, bro, this is some good music. Mm-hmm. So when I found out that I almost missed out on this man listening to, listening to niggas, bro, to the point to where <laughs> I'm like, think for yourself, bro. Yeah. Sometimes niggas try to steal your joy. Have fun. Listen to who you want to. Facts. Shit. All right, I got one last question, bro. This is the biggest question of this thing, man. This is the reason why people listen to this show. Let's get it. Why should somebody do business with you? Why? Professionalism. Check. Creativity. Check. I say sound reasoning. Why sound reasoning? I don't do stuff for no reason. Nah, that makes it sense. It got to make sense. Yeah, yeah. You, you logically got to break down why we need to do this. Mm-hmm. If it don't make sense, we need to figure out these loopholes. You know what I'm saying? Because uh-huh. that's why uh, like people be like, man, that's very risky to do this. It's only risky if you did not cover up all loopholes. Yep. You gotta so, you gotta trust you gotta trust what for one in your industry, you gotta trust what the people want, right? Right. You gotta look at your numbers, look at what the algorithms are telling you to do and kind of follow that shit. Right. Cause I'm not one of the people to be like, oh, this is what I wanna do. So since mm-hmm. I wanna do this, then if they don't like it, I don't care. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, my boy. You, you know what? How bad ideas usually start. When there's one person with you that say, yeah, you're going to fuck them up with this one. <laughs> bro, when you hear somebody say that, that's when you know it's over. Bro, I give, I give the people what's in my brain from my talent and hard work and what I, the product I want to give. Every video I ever did, I made mm-hmm. that, I made them for me. Right. I made them for me because I thought it was funny, but I gave it to the people like, hey, this is. I just created what came out of my mind so you can see what I saw in my brain. Right. So if you like it, great. But I ain't trying to be contra I ain't trying to contradict what I just said. But what I'm trying to say is I will give a product that's for me. If the world don't like what I just created out of my own mind, I'm gonna look to create something that I like that they will also like. So it's two birds, right. one stone. And that's that's the benefit of using your gift to entertain the masses. You are the gift. So technically, whatever you put out at that time is going to match up with your audience. But you can't put the cart before the horse. You have to have the audience first. Right. So you got to identify what they like. And then from there, just don't fall for that. You going to fuck them up with this one, Logic, because if you do, (laughs) it's over with. (laughs) But yeah, but, you know, from doing it for so many years, I kind of weaved out what will work and what will not work, even if it is a new idea. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. So you know, like, so that's that's uh that's my game plan right there. I don't do nothing for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it gotta make sense. Can't be for the look, right? You ain't doing it for the look. Gotta be creative. When you're creative, it's unique. Mm-hmm. And when you put that professionalism on top of it, I just think it's, it's undeniable. But sometimes, you know, uh, some idea. I mean, I be having a lot of brilliant ideas, in my opinion, for other people that has nothing to do with me. I'd be like, dude, if I were you, I would do this. But they're not me. So they ain't going to understand why they should. So it's my job to just shut up and do it for myself. And you'll see what I could have did for you. Right. And that's that's one thing, bro. Like when you consider yourself to be a visionary, especially when it comes to like an industry that you feel passionately about. And by passion, I mean an industry, you know, you can make some money in like. You can't sell every idea to everybody because some people aren't prepared for your vision. Right. They're not you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to do it. Yep. You know, like, hey, bro, if if Nike would have came to somebody and said, what you think about the word Nike? And they would have said, what the hell is that? Mm -hmm. Just that fast, we wouldn't have it. Yep. 
So you got to do what your heart tell you to do. And if we don't fall in line with it, okay, do something else your heart tell you to do until we fall in line with you. Yep. It's all coming from you. So, you know. 100%, man. Tell the people where you can find them on, uh, where, the, where they can find you, my bad, where they can find you on Instagram, like all your social media handles. Tell the people where they can find you. Y'all can find me on Christian Mingle, 39 cents. Okay, uh, dropping dick off to the Christian ladies. Okay. Black people meet. <laughs> 39 cents. What can they do business with you, bro? <laughs> hey, I'll open all different lanes of contact, man. But but nah, for real though, man. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at 39 cents. That's 39 C-E-N-T-S. YouTube, 39 cents TV. Uh, find me on Apple Music, Spotify, all streaming platforms. Just search 39 cents. Facebook, 39 cents. I try to keep everything, you know, one name, so... It's easy to find. I don't want no hash. Oh, excuse me. I don't want no underscore over here. And then over here is the mm-hmm. real 39 cents. Then over there, it's the your boy 39. And over here is it's that easy. boy cents. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find 50 variations of your name. Yeah, man. So just search 39 cents on Google, man. Uh, you'll see all my works pop up. And just follow your boy, man. I got some big things coming. Uh, appreciate you for having me on your show, DJ. Ain't no thing, And bro. uh. We trying to we trying to take it to the next level this year, man. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. So, um, guys, thank you for joining us for the second episode of the Second Dollar Podcast. I hope you guys were able to take in a lot of really, really, really solid information, man. Again, I'm gonna have a lot of great guests on the show, man. Thirty Nine was the first one that I wanted to be a part of the show because this ain't just like a friend of the show. This is like family, so. I got to make sure I get my, my important people on first. I ain't going to say you're the most important person, but God damn it, if I had to choose favorites, this nigga will by all means be first. So, guys, check out the show. Um, I'm going to try to drop at least three times a month, two guests, and I'm going to drop special interest episodes to kind of get out some myths about uh, the working world, right? So the next episode I'm dropping, I'm going to take a deep dive into motivational factors at work, right? So not every topic is going to just be about entrepreneurship, but I'm going to talk to you guys about how to find a way to stay motivated when you're doing something that you love, but you want to continuously find that passion. Then I'm also going to like destroy the myth of job popping. So I can't wait to discuss them topics with y'all, man. So find me on Instagram at the second, uh, shit. I'm forgetting the damn name already, Brad, a fucking brain fart. Find me on Instagram at the Second Dollar Podcast. The Second Dollar Podcast. That's going to be the IG handle. Follow my personal Instagram at Supreme Seven Underscore Three. Guys, I appreciate y'all rocking out with us, man. We gonna catch up with y'all later. Remember, guys, let's get to the money. Let's get to the money. Let's get to the money. Let's find a way to make that second dollar. Peace.